Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to come together and to get into your word and to hear what you have to say for us this day. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Welcome. Welcome, everybody. It is so good that you are here and that we are here to join with everybody. Uh, so, uh, as always, uh, I am... Uh, well, actually, let's go ahead and point out something different tonight. Uh, you know, we uh, don't have Pastor Trey, uh, so uh, we're holding down the fort. And we'll be doing so for the next uh, uh, several weeks because he and his wife had their baby. Baby Esther is now here with us, and so we're very uh, pleased about that. And uh, so while he is enjoying some time with his family, we will uh, continue on. And I am uh, Pastor Scott Ketchot, and uh, go Brandy. Uh-oh. Looks like she froze up. Go ahead, Stacy. Sister um, Brandy Dudley. <laughs> that's Sister Brandy Dudley, y'all. Yes. And, and I am Bond. Yeah, here I am. I'm Sister Brandy. James Bond. <laughs> All right. Well, the fun thing about a live ah. show is that it's live. And so we'll roll with it. As it goes. Live <laughs> without a net. All right. So our uh, scripture for this evening is 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy both one and the other. The body is meant not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Should I therefore take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that whoever is united to a prostitute becomes one body with her? For it is said, the two shall be one flesh, but anyone united to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Shun fornication. Every sin that a person commits is outside the body, but the fornicator sins against the body itself. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, which you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body." Awesome, awesome word of God. And we'll be kind of getting into, uh, potentially getting into people's uh, Kool-Aid uh, today. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I got some questions. All right, are ready for your questions? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, uh, it's starting off here in, in verse 12, and it's talking about, you know, yes, obviously the principle of sexual purity among Christians, what's permitted, and, you know, is guide a guide for us according to the lawful things. You know, uh, earlier in uh, Corinthians, in a, a chapter uh, five, uh, Paul is addressing sexual immorality of individuals, uh, a certain individual, it seems, in the way it reads. And then here in uh, six, Paul has brought up the issue of the sexual conduct of uh, Christians. And, uh, you know, uh, in this, you know, he has this phrase of all things are lawful uh, for me. And, you know, you can, you can see Paul using this teaching 
teaching to the Corinthians and uh, with Christians about uh, Christian liberty and freedom. And we could just hear Paul telling them, you know, very similar to what he says in Colossians over there in 2, 16 and 17. Uh, you know, that when it comes to what we eat or drink or on what day we worship the Lord, you know, th- there's freedom in this. You know, we're, we're at this place uh, in uh, history where, uh, you know, Paul has really been talking about the Gentiles coming in to uh, the body. And uh, there's this been this going on and back and forth of how much of the law do they have to hold up to and et cetera. And in these things, Paul is telling them that, you know, there's there is freedom you know, in things, but we don't use freedom also to the far extreme. You know, it's, we, we heard earlier in uh, some of Paul's writings, we talked about, you know, uh, where there is sin, grace abounds. Should I sin more so that there's more grace? No, that's not the way you're supposed to approach this. And, you know, so when it's coming to what we eat or drink, all things are lawful. He has freedom, but he should not let anyone put me under bondage like legalists are prone to do. And, not just the, the legalists, but then going so far that you allow things to cause issues for you. And so it, it says there in that uh, verse 12, you know, I have freedom, but not all things are beneficial and good for me to be doing. Right, exactly. Christ wants us to be free in all that we do and, and everything. And he wants us to have an abundant life, but it's got to have a boundary somewhere to where uh, you can do what you want, but not everything that you do is good for you. So you have to kind of uh, use your discernment on whether you should do it or not, because uh, you want to stay in good with God in what you do. That's just plain and simple. Right. Um, so in this, you know, um, how are things necessarily not necessarily helpful, but they it seems that the Corinthians were using their liberty as a license to uh, sin. Uh, when we look there in verse 15, it's talking about the prostitute. Now, uh, and so we, we, there's a big cultural difference that's going on in this from uh, what was common for worship, uh, not in the Christian church, but around where they were at, that is very different than what we think of and going on. And so it seems in this that uh, the Corinthian Christians thought that they had liberty to use the service of prostitutes. You know, this would have been uh, culturally accepted in the city of Corinth, and it would have been accepted in the religious community among the religious pagans who saw nothing wrong in a religious person using prostitutes. Matter of fact, uh, in a lot of the Greek and Roman cultures, uh, prostitutes were individuals working in the temple, and it was a twisted way in which they uh, tried to have intimacy with their their God. You know, uh, Satan has weird ways of twisting what uh, is supposed to be right. You know, God wants to have intimate, close relationship with people, but to have it twisted and perverted in this way is taking something that God set aside specifically for husbands and wives and trying to make use of it in a way to pervert and change what the original intent was. So that leads up to my first question. Okay. Now, so when we when we marry, um, yeah, they'll say, "Is it?" You know. Yeah. So when we marry, we uh, we uh, we you know consummate the marriage that night. Blah blah blah. Now, do 
when 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 we uh, go through our married our married lives, um, are we to have sexual intercourse just out strictly of the um, purpose of having children, or I mean, is are we unleashed once we are married to have um, fun? <laughs> and I quote. You know, uh, to to be able to have uh, sexual, um, you know, promiscuity that way. Okay. Well, um, Hebrews thirteen four uh, says that marriage is honorable in all, and the marriage bed is undefiled. Uh, meaning that if you and your wife are in agreement, you got a green light. You know, uh, God created uh, sex. We're, we're not talking that sex is bad, and sometimes people get get off on that uh this is talking about sexual impurity uh sex in the proper context uh, scripturally uh between a man and his uh wife in the spousal relationship uh is undefiled it is created for pleasure and for the procreation of children uh literally one of the first uh commandments god gave <laughs> adam and eve was for them to go and be fruitful and multiply you know, uh, wow. he created everything. He created Adam and Eve, and the two of them are doing their thing. And God looked on it and said it was good. You know, uh, but what? But what's really being taught here, and I think it's why there's this connection to uh, uh, food and stuff, is you know, is that uh, the appetite for food and sex are not the same. You know, and this is a principle for sexual purity among Christians. You know, there, where you know the Corinthian Christians possibly and. You know, we're using this motto to justify giving their bodies whatever their bodies want. And, and we hear it in, you know, modern society. You know, if it feels good, do it. You know, just do it. You know, if it's, if it's what you want. You know, my body wants food, so I eat. You know, so my body wants sex, so I should go out next. Yeah. What's the problem? Well, it's not the same. You know, I can go without having sex and my body is not going to die. Even in food excess and in the wrong ways can be detrimental uh, you have a, a sin of gluttony uh, eating the wrong types of food can lead to things such as obesity high blood pressure and things of that note so even something that we need in order to live when done incorrectly causes problems then you add to the fact of uh sex combining you know it's not that it's a worse sin at all but it, what it's pointing out here is that it involves more than just you and another person. And what I find interesting in this one is it isn't so much even focusing on the harm that you do with relationships or connections with other people, but the harm that you're doing to your own body in this, of how you think you're doing something that feels good. And it does. It feels good for a moment. However, you don't just have sex with somebody without there being some kind of connection. The point of it was for the joining of two people. And in that, there's a joining, not just on the physical level, but also emotionally and spiritually. And, and we see this. I mean, look at the, you know, the, the fallout and the, the difficulties people have. Uh, counselors uh, have their rooms filled with helping people that have uh, had lots of sexual relationships and then dealing with intimacy in their current relationship and, and stuff like that. And so it's not that there isn't grace to uh, get through that. There definitely is, uh, you know, God's grace has no end and is always available for us you know and so if you've been in a place that's been done incorrectly that's not to say oh my gosh the world is over 
But it is to say that in the perfect world, following the way, there are reasons that rules are set up. There's reasons we're not supposed to eat too much sugar. There's reasons that uh, sex is to be kept within the confines that God set, because that's just when it works its best. Right, right. I hear you. So, uh, I, I think so it's the same concept as, uh, as, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Uh, it's like um, you're having a glass of wine. It's okay to it, it messes you up. Uh, I think we lost her. <laughs> yeah, it's um, you know. We, so, uh, go ahead, Scott. Go ahead. I would just say, you know, we, our, our lustful sexual appetites. These these things. Sex isn't bad. God created it. God didn't create the immorality of that come about from, you know, the fall in Adam. And so what we see in the wisdom of God's design for the body and for sexual purity, when we look at the problems of like unplanned pregnancy, sexually transmitted diseases, you know, these are the prices that sometimes people pay for using the body in the way that wasn't intended, you know, and the principles for sexual purity among Christians is that our bodies are part of the body of Christ. And so should never be joined to a prostitute. You know, it, it points out in here that we are the temple of God, you know. Um, and so what we do with our bodies is involving Jesus in that act, uh, whether that's, you know, us not taking care of ourselves or us getting into as the heart of this particular uh, verse is, gets into uh, sexual immorality. And so... Um, when an individual commits uh, sexual immorality, it disgraces the entire body of Christ because it's linking the body of Christ uh, to immorality. You know, we, we, we run around with those, used to run around with those bracelets that said uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Or mm -hmm. you know, thinking about, you know, remember where you go because Jesus is right there with you. And, and he is, he, he's right there with everyone. But when you're a part of the body of Christ, then, you know, you, you're, taking him into the, that sin that you're willfully doing. And uh, that's where part of that change and conviction of the Holy Spirit comes in a, a Christian's life to help in uh, what Wesley called the sanctification. You know, we get saved. And, uh, you know, that, that prevenient grace that draws people to fall in love with God before we even know he's reaching out for us. And then that saving aspect of grace that was with a work on the cross. And it's all the same grace, but it's that part where we, we come to the realization that we need a savior and we're saved, but that does then all of our desires, all of our messed up way of thinking doesn't automatically just disappear. Uh, that comes from the constant renewing of our mind, getting in with uh, like-mind people to help us work through the situation. And, and that's what Wesley referred to as sanctification, uh, our, our getting closer and closer to be like Jesus. Yeah, in all aspects of our ways, we should try our very best to be like Jesus, especially when it comes to uh, living a life with our with our bodies as well as our hearts and our minds, uh, especially when uh, I'll use me for an example. Me being a diabetic, I have to watch what I eat and everything like that. And it's not just for my benefit as far as with my physical, but I'm trying to keep this body intact, keep this temple intact because the Holy Spirit can't work in a body that's thrown off. I gotta I gotta keep in shape. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and so uh, that's where uh, Paul, there around verse 18, gives us uh, uh, good advice. Flee sexual immorality. You know, uh, don't don't toe the line with it. Don't see how far you can go. Uh, I, I remember being, um, you know, guilty of this as a uh, young adult of going and having conversations with the youth pastor of, okay, so sex outside of marriage is bad, but how far can we go? How, how close to the line can I get with wow. someone? And, and that's the whole uh, wrong attitude to have. You know, uh, Paul here tells us to flee sexual immorality. And, and I think one of the best examples there is uh, Joseph and uh potiphar's wife you know uh, trying to woo him and uh he he physically fled he got away from it and uh you know yes uh in doing so he ended up uh, having some more issues it was not the way out uh but it was the right way out and ultimately god took what happened him going to prison and all of that and put him in a position to save the known world at the time he was the man when all said was said and done and uh which is so much more than who would have ever gained i mean if he had 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 uh you know sex with potiphar's wife uh, and, uh he probably never would have been released from prison or potiphar may have really had him killed i really believe it was potiphar's understanding of his honesty and the fact that he wasn't 100 percent trusting and that god was watching over him that that isn't what happened to him. And so, you know, Paul doesn't tell us to be brave and resist lustful passions of sexual immorality, but to get out of there, free from it. Right. It's get out of its very presence. You know, many have uh, fallen and gotten in trouble because they underestimate the power of lustful passion, or they thought that they would, you know, just test themselves, see how much they could take. Or, well, just because we're in a close friendship doesn't mean it's going to go that way. You know, you don't trip, and especially if you're married, you know, you don't trip and just accidentally fall into uh, the bed of a uh, another person. You know, that starts <laughs> well before Oops. little bitty things of getting you into uh, things and not watching. And so we need to be mindful and uh, keep each other accountable. Um, it, it breaks my heart every time we, we see a, uh, a prominent pastor or someone that's had a great ministry and uh, has an issue with this, whether it's, you know, uh, regular sex uh, you know, or if it's a, a, homo, a homosexual type sex or, or whatever that's outside of the uh, marriage, we see that their ministry is just then wrecked. It, it, it taints all that they have done. People look then, you know, not, I don't even know if it's fair that they do, but they do. They look back on everything that they've ever done and went, oh, I guess it was all a lie, you know, and, you know, sometimes that's a little uh, harsh. Uh, but it does point to the fact of how important it is to keep mindful of this type of, you know, behavior and why we have to flee it. Right. So, which drags me to my second question. Now, it says, um, you know, it talks about, uh, um, sorry, it talks about um, our body being a vessel, basically, and uh, how you know, it's basically re representing God mm -hmm. in human form here. Now, uh, especially for people like me, Pastor Trey, for um, example, people that have scarred 
their bodies up with ink, um, piercings, things like that. What is the uh, what is the um, what does scripture say about uh, things like that? There's a lot of interpretation of what scripture says. Uh, uh, the law in the Old Testament and uh, part of what we're looking at here is, well, we'll just start with the law in the Old Testament. It, it talks about uh, not uh, making marks and cutting yourself in the service of other gods. Uh, when you're looking there in uh, Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Um, you know, uh, part of what this starts off with is talking about what is uh, having liberty. But just because you have a freedom in an area doesn't mean that it's necessarily beneficial. And that can apply to more than just the sexual impurity uh, aspect that is being the heart of this. And so uh, it, it really depends. Uh, I laugh and like to laugh and joke and say, you know, if you've ever been into any uh, temples and stuff, they are highly decorated. And, um, you know, if you had tattoos before you were uh, saved and you're now saved and then those tattoos you know depending on what they depict you know there's no condemnation there there's grace they're a sign of your story of where you've been and where you've come to if you are a christian and you're looking at uh, uh getting a tattoo you know I, I personally wouldn't tell people no don't run out and get a tattoo but i wouldn't say just run out and get one for no reason either think about what is the benefit of this would having this tattoo uh, bring glory to God or prevent glory from God, you know, uh, and a lot has to do with culture. Uh, culture is becoming more uh, accepting of tattoos of that. And, uh, but there was a time that uh, uh, tattoos would be a hindrance. Um, you know, I, I have tattoos, but uh, as a teacher uh, at a high school and et cetera, um, I kept it so that if I'm even wearing a short sleeve shirt, no one sees. And so unless I just, outwardly tell people I have tattoos that they don't know and um, so basically it just comes to that well, I like what it says you know, you have the freedom to do something but is it beneficial and every decision not just getting a tattoo or anything you should weigh with hey God how do you feel about this will this bring glory to your name or will it be a hindrance to glorifying your name yeah, I agree with Scott all the way because uh, what he's referring to in the Old Testament in Leviticus is uh, 19 verse 28 that, you know, you should you shouldn't make any uh, cutting on your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. And uh, but it doesn't mention anything in the New Testament about tattoos. So, uh, like he said, what is it going to benefit if you do get one? Would it glorify you or will it? bring hindrance to someone that actually would see it. Uh, my uh, aunt, she tells me all the time, uh, she's not a big fan of tattoos, but she saw one that a cousin of, of ours got uh, when her mother passed away. And whoever the artist was, they made a perfect rendition of uh, a signature of a letter that her uh, mom wrote to her daughter. And he did it just beautifully. And it brought just like a tear to my eye. And I'm like, wow, that is something to remember your mom on, on how she ended her letters. I love you, mom, on her on her arm. So it's um, it, it kind of brings comfort to her when, when she sees that. And in a way, I believe God uses that to comfort her spirit because losing her mom was tough, very tough. Um, so in a way, that's uh, glorifying God in the way that he gives comfort to us 
through many different ways. But think about what you put on your body before you do it. Will it glorify God or will it glorify you, you know? Right now, no, I mean, if, if say you have something that is very, uh, I don't know, I guess inappropriate or something like you were talking about earlier, um, getting something, you know, before you, you, you know, found Christ or, or anything, I mean, is there, uh, you know, is there just, do you need to go get rid of the tattoo? I mean, are you forgiven for that? I mean, what was the, the verdict on that? Are, are you forgiven? Yes. Mm-hmm. Did you cover it up? Personally, this isn't, let's say if the Lord, this isn't biblically. Personally, I say that's between you and God. Pray about it and see what he leads you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, because that's a, the, the reality of this uh, idea of our temple, you know, us being a temple, you know, it's just that, you know, we, we, we have no right to be idle with or wasteful of what belongs to him. Uh, honest people generally take better care of something that doesn't belong to them. And so we're being reminded that our bodies, once we become Christian, I mean, ultimately everything belongs to God, but especially once you become Christian, joint heir with Christ, our bodies belong to God. They are his purchased possession, purchased with his life. And, you know, to be honest, we really don't have a right to pollute and abuse God's property. And that isn't just sexual immorality. That isn't just tattoos. That's being mindful of you know, not but not going to the stream and becoming a fitness nut, but yeah, definitely that we should also try to take care of ourselves, to be healthy, so that we can continue ministry as, as long as we want. Because what we are in the temple of the Holy Spirit is a simple fact that we have God Himself living within us. You know, so we have a strength, a power, a living within us that is there for a purpose, and that purpose is to glorify God and to see others brought to Christ through the witness of him working in our lives. And so this power of the sins of the flesh, you know, it all comes back to what am I doing? Is it bringing people to Christ or is it turning people away? Yeah. Yeah. If you're, if you're uh, given something to take care of by somebody, you try your very best to take care of that, that said item. So when it comes time to give it back, it'll be in just a better shape in, when you first got it. So your body is on loan. It's not yours to keep. Just take good care of it. You know, <laughs> take right. good care of it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I uh, think that that is as good of a place as any for us to bring this down to a close. And, uh, you know, unless any, either one of you will have a thing. So, uh, yeah. So if you have any feedback or would like to join the conversation, you can leave a comment here on Facebook, uh, over on our YouTube page, or on our website at uh, palestinegrace.com slash video. Uh, you can email us at gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Don't forget that there is an audio-only version of this show available after the fact. Just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. And also just uh, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And fear not, stay well. God is with us. Good night.
Thank you.